Don't let life get you down. Life is so happy. Like, you'll all have fun, yes, but you're going to have to sacrifice. You, if you really want to be an entrepreneur and you want to be this person, you're not going to have friends. Friends will find you. Friends will come to you. But you're going to sacrifice a lot of fucking shit. And I realized at 16, I started getting away from all my friends. I was like, I have no time to go out. I have no time to hang out. I can play golf a couple days a week. But that's about it. Welcome, everyone, to The Ultimate Shift. Join Ephraim Glick and leading figures in business and entertainment as they share their stories of regular people overcoming tremendous obstacles only to achieve happiness, success, and fulfillment. Are you ready to make The Ultimate Shift in your life? Okay, welcome back to The Ultimate Shift. Once again, guys, just before I bring on our guest here, uh, this is a free show. I do not have any sponsors, that's by design. So if you guys enjoy the content, please subscribe, leave a review, let me know how we're doing, share the content, and I would really appreciate that. Uh, today's guest is someone I met a couple, well, I guess a couple <laughs> months ago. Yeah, I think three, four months ago. Yeah, yeah, Trey Hunter. So uh, Trey is an entrepreneur and... Uh, just a well, you do a little bit of everything, but you you start as an entrepreneur yeah. young, and I think your story is pretty cool from from when we talked, and uh, people could learn from it. So tell us a little. You just moved to Nashville, yeah, from just California. moved to Nashville from Northern California. Yeah, kind so of a big tell track. us a little bit how that how how was that? Well, let's start with with you first, like a little <laughs> yeah. bit about your story growing up. I do want to touch on California. Oh yeah, why so many people are coming here from Nashville or you know moving here? Oh, one hundred percent. Far away, brother. Family. Small, small town family. Uh, where I live is called Granite Bay. It's probably 30 minutes north of Sacramento. Uh, mom and dad did everything sports, athletes. She was a professional Raider Red cheerleader, like 35. Dad is now a uh, custom sword contractor, custom home builder. And then my grandfather's a custom home builder, commercial construction. So our whole family upbringing has been around blue collar construction country. Uh, my great grandfather, I've Never met him. He was 88 when he had a died of a brain aneurysm. And he did, uh, I don't know if you know those metal awnings on roofs. Those, um, like commercial. Uh, so you have a house and you have the metal awning on top. So yeah, he, yeah. He sold those and created those and like made it. Like, oh, nice. He nice. was probably one of the biggest ones in California. Wow. And then they had four brothers and they never, they never agreed on anything. Really? My grandpa is the youngest at 11 years, age gap from the third youngest. Yeah. So they never got along. So he told the company, and that was it. So he, my grandfather moved to Grand Bay at seventeen. Got my grandma at eighteen. <laughs> got married six months later. Had my kid and my dad a year later. Wow. Yeah. Different world than than what most people live now. And now to this day, especially art my age, I'm twenty three. Girls are not like that any which way. Yeah. They just either use you or want to have fun. It's a different world, man. Yeah. What? So you told me the story when you were super young. You started, what was the first business that you started? First business I started was mowing lawns. I, uh, that was 20 bucks. I was like eight years old, nine years old. Eight years old. Eight years old. <laughs> trying to mow lawns, making money, trying to afford something. Right. Um, always, always, always played sports. So always trying to buy new cleats or shoes or something. Um, that's always gave me that mentality of you have to work for it. You can't just be giving it to you. Yeah. Um, very raised old school. Yeah. And then at, well, 
then started going to school and busy with sports and never really got to do anything. Only summer jobs, summer jobs. And then I hit 16 and I was working for my dad at the time when he has his own toy construction company. So I was working for him the whole entire summer. I was kind of realizing all the solar panels are dirty every time we clean it. I wonder if there's something we can do to counteract that. So I went online and kind of started doing my due diligence and trying to learn more about solar panels and why they dirt on them, what right. portray from it, and found out that it can gain between 15 and 30 percent increase of power if you clean them. So then I started under him saying, "Hey, I want to start a cleaning business." He's like, "Well, I got my foundation through him, so I might as well start working for him slowly, build up my group, and then." Kind of just took off. Now I have, now there's like, what, 62 projects we're doing now? Wow. And over the center of three years. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, and now it's, for solar cleaning, it's five months out of the year. And we work five months. So then I do that. Then I add incorporate gutters and power washing roofs and power washing driveways. Two so, years to add an on additional, yeah. which is very smart. So let's talk about, this was really interesting to me because... I've lived downtown Nashville for 11 years, uh, and it's, I can tell you, you know, 90, probably 98% of the people I meet are not in the trade industry. You know, you're talking about trade industry mm-hmm. from your dad, your, his brothers and so forth that ran in your family. And I didn't always used to be in the trade industry as well. Actually, I wasn't, when I first moved here, I was in the manufacturing industry. Really? And yeah. And so... And then I went into tech for a little bit, and, and everyone talks about how tech is the, the new way to become yeah. a green or whatever. I, I personally, uh, I don't like tech. I, 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 I just, I hated it. I lost more money in tech than I ever did in anything. Uh, and not saying there's not a, there's, you know, a lot of smarter guys out there doing it than, yeah. than me. But when I met you, it was like a different conversation because uh, we, were, we were upstairs, 1230 Club, and we started talking about the trade industry mm-hmm. personally. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts about it more, but I think that it's an underrated industry in the ter- in terms of it's not the cool industry to be in technically for a lot of young people, but they're leaving a lot of money on the table. I personally believe, and I've said this a hundred times, and I truly believe this with everything in me, the billionaires of the future will be in the trade industry. Oh, 100%. And the, and the reason being for the people that don't, don't understand that is I have watched from when I was 13 years old, I first got into uh, when as I had my first job and that was in the trade industry. Now we're paying beginners that know nothing about the industry, at least the one I'm in, three times what I was making then. Uh, we get paid almost, I mean, the, the amounts of money we get paid to do the work is astronomical because oh, it's huge. Th- there's not some, there's competition, but there's a lot of people, you know, we have a tough time finding help because most people don't want to do it. So tell me a little bit about how you feel about that and what I you feel like, I think, I think like back in the day, like in the, in the forties, fifties and sixties, trade was, trade was big. Yeah. Like was you're, everything. you're, in, it's in high school. It's in all schools, colleges, mm-hmm. you're going to school, you're doing mechanical, you're doing construction, you're doing something in high school. And then all of a sudden it kind of just died off. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, it, it there was the, the industrial age, right? And then there was the college, the push for college. Now people are kind of backing off that because even, and college has its place, don't get me wrong, but I have more friends, I think at this point that have went through and got a degree that aren't working in that degree 
and they have big college loans and things like that. I have more friends that now they get out of college at my age, and I'm making more money than them when they just got out of college right. with a forty year degree. And, and you, I didn't go. To, I went to JUCO for golf. And I went to JUCO for golf. This is to play golf, and I have no loans, no debts, no nothing. And they have to pay off hundred thousand dollar loans, yeah. and have a fifty thousand dollar job. The system's fucked, man. Really fucked. I, I mean, and, and really that, fucked in that way. And I think that I I, I always tell young people that uh, you know I, I I don't have TikTok, but I watch some reels on Instagram sometimes, mm-hmm. and and now there's this guy who keeps asking like uh, entrepreneurs, like you know. How do you how do you want to make your first you know what's the quickest way or, or what's the best way to make your first million or something? And there's not, no quick way. There's no there's quick no way. quick way. One there's it's called hard work, but but I ninety five percent of the answers that he's getting is tech, and I feel like that's the cool answer. That is the cool answer, but it's not the right answer. I agree. I agree. Hundred percent, it's not the right answer. I mean, you think about people in nowadays in construction were. Don't get me wrong. There's some construction people that are not, they do it because they need the money. Mm-hmm. But you get those guys that are in high school that understand something and want to be in something. Construction's the way to go. Yeah. You start at 16 or you start at 17, you don't need school. By the time, by the time you're, if you start. By the time you're 30, you have a big ass house, nice yeah. cars, probably married, kids, and don't have to worry about anything. And you're making multiple six figures. Oh. You're making multiple six figures. Like, like. If, if you're 18 years old coming into our industry and you, you stick to your job and you get you learn a few things and you get good at you'll be within your second year, you'll be making over six figures. 100%. And that's unheard of in most industries. No. And so I don't understand why more people aren't talking about this in, in a way of like. Because it's not cool. True, I guess. Yeah. In, our day, so, in our day and age, 23-year-olds want to be cool. Yeah, yeah. They want to portray something on Instagram thinking it's something that's not. Like on my Instagram, so I have family in there, friends. I don't portray like I'm going to Miami on a jet or a yacht. Right. Like I, I don't care about that stuff. Right. It's not who I am. It's not who I want to be. But everybody in my age, that's all they care about. Yeah. But the, what the outline is. Dude, that's why I wanted you on here because I, I love that conversation originally about this stuff. And, and it's, and what I'm coming back to, you know, most people I meet in Nashville, not that there's, not that they have to be in the same industry or anything, but it's like, it's very rare that I actually oh. meet someone in, that understands and gets. Surely realize, yeah. Our for our situation, surely realize. I realize they're either in music or tech or doing something odd or just working on a bar. Nothing to ever do with construction. And yeah. Here, construction is booming. It's so so big. Huge, yeah. dude. I I'm telling you, uh, I have never. I've had eight different companies in my span of 36 years. I've started eight different ones from the ground up. I lost a few, you know, you learn your lesson, you yeah. learn the hard way. I had some wins and had some fills, but I will say this. I have never, ever in my life out of those eight been able to, when I started this company at 150 bucks to my name, lost everything in a, in a prior deal within two years. And this isn't, this isn't to pat myself on the back of pride because we have a great team mm-hmm. and it's a ton of hard work. I mean, oh, my average day is a lot of sacrifices. You- yeah, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of hard work. I have no social life parts of the year. Uh, but, you know, I I made over in profit after my expense. I'm talking about net profit in the first five months over six figures. And from 150 bucks to that. And I'm thinking, why did no one ever come to me before and say, this is the type of opportunity you can have in the trade industry? And so that's why I'm like, we're, we're not doing justice to a lot of these young kids but not, like I, when I build some commercial buildings, like, and 
this summer we had a project going on. I couldn't find an electrician. I couldn't find a, pr- a plumber. I could everything I had to do. They were all busy. They were all booked and out. And now they want an exact number. Yeah. Usually it was a low number. Yeah. Now it's a I want this price. And yeah. You're gonna have to get us something, or else exactly you have to find. And that's what we do too. That's like I tell people. I tell my sales guys all the time. It's like, hey, this is our number. Take it or leave it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. We have plenty of work. One hundred percent. And so and there's now though the taller, the bigger guys are now realizing that, and now we're like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I I ended up being forty grand over budget on this project because of having to pay more than expected because of everyone's so busy. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, I, I wanted to, by the time I'm done with this, I wanted to start a plumbing company, electrical company. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. And there's so many things outside of it that you can do. It's like when I did the solar cleaning business, I was like, okay, I only worked five months. Now I'm kind of fucking bored. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm just going to clean gutters in the winter. Yeah. Right before, like, right before September ends, start cleaning gutters in the winter. And then when it, all the shit's done is power wash them. Yeah. Just trying to find a revenue stream that kept going. Then I found it. And then my dad had a solar construction company. So I just piggybacked off him. I started, grew it for about two years. Then I just slipped it under him. Mm-hmm. So then every contract that he has, instead of just being a one and done, now he has a 10-year contract behind that for cleaning. Yeah. So his company will always grow and always gain residual income now. So what kept you motivated and when you're start when you're starting out you know you you probably don't have a lot of friends in the same industry you probably don't have No I at see, uh, when I when I, I was probably let's go back to freshman year of high school the smartest kid in school but I knew I understood a lot more I was always in construction my entire life all my family friends are in construction some way or another you know there's asphalt or custom home building or project mm-hmm. development or real estate so I've always been around helping my grandfather build a barbecue or a patio or a deck or doing asphalt and just doing something in construction. And I kind of realized at school, these teachers are fucking stupid. They're just telling me, oh, I'm not going to achieve something because I can't get math right. I'm like, well, there's more, A, there's more one way to find an answer. And life's not going to give me one answer. It's going to be 40 different options I got to find. So you're seeing me, I got to find this exact answer and this exact question down this step of life. No. Or, or it's the wrong answer. And I realized, I'm like, how is this going to help me in my life? I don't know how to do my 401k. Don't know how to do my tax yet. Don't know how to do a mortgage. Don't know how to buy a house. I'm like 17. I'm like, that's what I want to look at. That's what I want to build. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my life. They don't even teach that in college. You really don't even learn that in college. You got to defend for yourself in life. It's like, why am I going to school? Mm-hmm. I told my dad, my sophomore year, junior year, I was like, I want to drop out. He's like, why? He goes, because this is just really stupid. I'm really going here to learn nothing. I'd rather be out here working, gaining my experience, zero in my pocket, just gaining experience for apprenticeship one year, mm-hmm. and after that, it's game over. What did, what did they say? So were your parents always pretty supportive of, of your? They were, but at that one, they were like, you're getting, you're getting, at least you're getting your high school diploma. Yeah. After that, I don't care, but you can get your high school diploma. Yeah. My grandfather never went to, I think, barely passed high school or a dropped out. His brothers never went to high school. They're all millionaires, all hardworking construction people. His brother owns an almond pistachio farm in California. 5,000 acres. No shit. 5,000 acres of almond pistachios. Who, who raises almond pistachios? Hmm? I've never heard of any, I've met anyone who, who knows someone who raises Yeah. They it's have. like the trees or plants or so something. So the trees. And sometimes, I, I don't know the exact number, but it takes four years for an almond tree to actually grow. Really? Yeah. To be pr- produced? To be able to produce. I think it takes another year and a half. It's like I think it's like bamboo. They did the same study of bamboo. 
it takes like a certain period of time for the roots to grow and then it immediately sprouts up. Mm. It takes like, I think, don't quote me, but I think like six months for the tree roots to actually grow into the ground and then it, within two weeks it'll be huge. But, but they won't produce for a couple of years. Yeah. So, and then almonds are statues the same way, but they're longer. 5,000 acres. 5,000 acres. They last year they harvested in almonds uh, 16 million pounds. Jesus. So they, they fall and then they scoop them up? Uh, no, they got, so I've had them uncut. I've had them before they were brand new. They have tree cutters just kind of come in and sift them out. I got you. Some will fall, they pick them up. But um, I've just never heard of that. It's kind yeah. of interesting. No, it is. Because like, you see, like, they're a popular thing in the stores, oh, obviously. I think, I think we were talking about this, and he's like one of the odd men out of the of the, of the brothers. And he um, was like, yeah, in 1980s to like the 90s, we were like 80 cents for a pound of almonds. And one doctor said, hey, it helps reduce the risk of cancer. No way. And everybody just goes. So is it legit truth, though? Apparently. Who knows? <laughs> Apparently. But one doctor said it, and everybody jumped ship. They were full in. That's and then now, now they, uh, they're, make, they're doing pretty well. Nice. They, are, they, uh, they own the dirt, own the land, own the water rights going through it. We put solar on there, so their bill is absolutely zero. Wow. And they don't they don't owe a thing. Really? So they're basically almost making pure net. That's amazing. So what uh, what do you what do you miss about California? What do you not miss about California? Because there's there's so many people in the last year, really since COVID, that uh, I don't know why we keep saying since COVID because apparently <laughs> it's still around. I, I think I, I say since COVID because I think it's over. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I think it's over. So they. There's so many people that moved here from California, and it's, it's interesting to hear the stories. Yeah, I mean, I moved out here. I was so I lived in downtown Sacramento at the time, and so the BLM was happening. And I was like, okay, and I went out to dinner one night, and they're like, we have to shut down. I'm like, it's eight o'clock. I'm like, why? He goes, well, there's a, the protest is walking marching down here. This is in Sacramento. Yeah, downtown this Sacramento. Is, this is prior. This is 2020. Yeah, I was okay. right when right when uh, George Floyd. I got uh, you. Passed so, away. Okay, I got you. And I was like, the fuck you mean? It's the capital's 30 minutes away for a walk. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we have to shut down. At that point, I was like, all right. And then the riots started happening. And then there was a gang war. I was like, I'm fucking off of this. I flew out here February 1st through the 3rd, Super Bowl Sunday, 2020. Um, when Brady won, came out here and instantly fell in love with it. I was like, this is my spot. What, what, what about Nashville? I've always been, I always loved music. Always been around music. It's helped me throughout my life a lot. Due to like my ADHD, like all my anxiety and stuff. I play golf. I always had to have music somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if I'm playing nine holes or I'm practicing, I always have to have music. If I go skiing, I have to have music. Yeah. If I'm hanging out, I got to have music. So it's always helped me. I came out here. Well, my, my uncle told me about it. He's like, hey, you should go to Nashville. He uh, used to work for, or he did, Paramount bought CBS, but he worked for CBS. He uh, run, like, all the platforms for, like, the Late Late Shows and the Grammys, the Emmys, the CMAs, and now he runs all Paramount Plus. So he's like, go to Nashville. Go, just trust me. Within the first day, I landed there, and I, I'd sit the Moxie right here, walked out, and it was Friday night, 11 o'clock, and I was like, fuck, this is legit. <laughs> I'm not, I am not in California no more. This shit's popping. Um, this is gonna be a good time. Yeah. I get out there and everybody's so friendly. I was like, all right, 
Did, did you is know it? anyone at the time? Nope. Did you know everyone now? Exactly. It's the funny thing is the first two people I met, I went to Jason Dean's 9 a.m. hungover as shit on Saturday. <laughs> on Saturday. Just hungover as a motherfucker. And 9 a.m.? 9 a.m. Are they even open then? Yeah. I had some for some godforsaken reason. Now they're not, but some <laughs> obviously they're they're open. I was like, I need a I need a corona and some wings. So she gives me a corona and wings, and it's Jace is Jason Cross and Emmazine playing. And so I'm like, I have a little casual. I started just fucking around playing, trying to play songs, like random ass songs, just trying to make him annoyed. And he was super chill. And so we started talking after the show. I left. Then went to the Super Bowl party with my buddies. And I come back. When I drove when I drove out here, like the first month of me being here, I went to Whiskey Jam and he showed up. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if you know me, but I uh Her you're the Ward? first person I met. Ward or one of the guys? Oh uh, no, played? Jason. Jason. Oh, he, oh, showed, he showed he showed up. I was like, I know this dude from the first I person I met. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't know if you know me, but like you're the first person I met here. You're like, Trey, right? I'm like, yeah. And so that was it. And then we kinda exchanged information and then now we're good buddies and then they show me around and meet people and then that kind of met people and the first week I got here was actually my craziest week in the entire fucking world. Uh, I go to a Preds game and come back and the twelve thirty club's opening. Has that private party? I'm like, what the fuck? Was that the night I met you? Maybe I did met you. I met you at the Kid Rocks that night when you went no. to Kid Rocks. No, you met me at twelve thirty club. Well, that was that was, was a while. That was a while ago then. Yeah, I feel well, like I met you before that at the opening when at at the Cadillac uh, Pussy up there on Kid Rocks. No, I've never been to Kid Rocks. No, then it would been that night we met yeah. at yeah, the, it was, the it opening. Was, it was the the private thing. The mess, the mess, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I went to the private, the opening when they first opened it, mm-hmm. and I was walking by. I'm like, "What the fuck's going on?" And I saw Eric Decker with his wife. I'm like, "That dude." So my dad's, one of my dad's buddy, played for the Patriots for 16 years, and then went for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. So they all hung out with his wife and Eric. So I walked up and I was like, "You have, we have a mutual friend." He looked at me, kind of fucking confused, like, "I don't know who the fuck you are." And I go, and I said one name, Wani Paxson, and his. Demeanor completely fucking shifted. Really? Like, I, I said a long snapper's name. Yeah. There, he's like, what the fuck? And he's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, well, I live here now. We talked like five minutes, and then all of a sudden, Kid Rock comes walking out. Put his arm around my shoulder and says, we're getting fucked up on my bar. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I got work at 6 a.m. This is like midnight now. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, thinking myself, I'm like, my dad will fucking kill me if I don't say yes. <laughs> My dad's like, kick my ass. My dad's like, kick my ass. If I used to woke up next morning saying, oh, I went to go to Kid Rocks, and he said, hey, let's get fucked up on the bar, and I didn't go, my dad would disown my ass so fast. So I'm like, fuck it, let's go. So we roll up to his place. He tries to spend there for five minutes and leaves. And then I meet Cammy Kanaki. And we start hitting off. And now she is my really good friend. She showed me everybody. She got me in everywhere. So I give her the biggest props. She is like my second mother here. That's the cool part about Nashville, though, is like no one's too good for anyone. I mean, <laughs> and I'm not saying that there's no, it's not California. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like everyone here. It's a small town ish. No paparazzi, but, no nothing, yeah, no BS. Yeah, but for the most part, people are um, accepting yeah. of, of whatever. And and you may not know there's some people there's people here too that that you can't get past surface level with them. Yeah, but they'll always. They always put their arm around you and be like, "Let's go have fun." Yeah, exactly. And and so uh, so that, that's something you you gotta love about it here. Oh, 100. Like in California, 
if you're a celebrity and you go out, you get deemed as a celebrity. You don't really get that feeling of normal at all. You're this way and your fans are this way. Maybe you go to a nightclub and you want to bang a fan. That's what happened. Here, you go out, I'm hanging out with Kid Rock, talking to him, mm-hmm. hanging out with Fillmore, all these guys. And they're just so nice and down to earth that you can just drink and have a beer with them and not really give a fuck about anything. And yeah. it makes them feel normal because like, you don't need everybody walking up to you, trying to get photos and autographs and all mm-hmm. this shit. You're just kind of one of the boys. Yeah, you know, you know something, and you, you already, I can, I've already been able to tell this about you, just from the times I met you. But you already do this. But Cisco said something one time that really st- stuck with me. He said, you know, whenever you meet these people that you you may deem as uh, on a higher platform than you or pedestal or whatever, and maybe maybe it's Kid Rock, maybe it's Fillmore, mm-hmm. maybe who, whomever. People tend to go up to them and only talk to them about what they know about them. Maybe it's, you know, if they're a musician, what well, they just talk music about. But but he said, you know, everyone has their personal life, yeah. their life. And maybe you don't make it about music with them. Maybe you, you know, hey, how's how's life? Man, what's new? What do you what have you been up to? Exactly. And, and you get past that. And now all of a sudden you're like you kind of said it, you're humanizing them in a way of like, hey, let's just let's just be people, you know. And I, I mean, I, and I love Cisco. I mean, I was with. I was with uh, Michaela last night, and we tried to get into the Pink Flamingo, where he used to DJ. Mm-hmm. And the bouncer was like, she can't come in. We're like, the fuck? She's like, we, she, A, she knows the owner, and Cisco DJ's there. Mm-hmm. She goes, oh, yeah, you can't wear, sh- you can't wear jor- like teen shorts. She's like, what do you mean? I've done this all the time. She said, well, yeah, it's not dress code appropriate. Thinking to myself, like, she doesn't look like a skank. She looks like a clean human being mm-hmm. right at the like this we're gonna go here have a drink and they're like no like really fuck no that rubbed me the wrong way i was like all right fuck this place i am out so flamingo house out on my part <laughs> but um but yeah no i love cisco he i we played golf I, we played golf a couple weeks ago three weeks ago um hey cisco if you're watching this you need to get your swing up buddy it's not that good <laughs> cisco's like- i'm charging i'm charging a hundred dollars around now to play with me to teach you I, I tell people Cisco is the realest of the realest. You know, when, when I started this show, it was me having an idea. And, and I might have been, I don't know, maybe 10 episodes in. And I was winging this thing, man. <laughs> I, I'm not an engineer, uh, like, a, like a tech guy. I'm not, I don't know how to set up mics. and th- I was sitting down with people recording on my iPhone sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, but, but you know what? The, the thing with that is like, I'm a doer. I believe yeah. I'm doing you don't have to perfect everything. I'm that way in business. It's like, let's just do it. Let's start. And then we'll figure it out. And Cisco reached out to me one day and he said, hey, you know, I listen to every single show. I love what you're doing. We live in the same building. Uh, so, oh, the Guzri? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so you got another one over here. If you tighten that one up, it'll, it'll keep it. from. Yeah. Off. Sorry. My mic's fucked up right now. <laughs> anyway, he said, I listen to every single show. I love what you're doing. I want to help. And I said, man, you know, I'm, I'm winging this thing i don't have sponsors i'm not trying to get sponsors he's he sponsors anymore yeah, right he's he's like i don't want to get paid i just want to help you and and he has helped since then i mean he's done something almost every week for the show he's just one of the most genuine people genuine down him and michaela are the most genuine down yeah. people yeah they're so nice and just so full of life yeah and i was just like when we played golf it was just a cool experience so i like, just hang out and talk and yeah. just experience my life and Hey, 
your girlfriend swings a little bit better than yours, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Any any of you guys listening, you should go follow Cisco Carter at C I S C O Carter C A R T E R. But because this dude is one hell of a man. He's he's one hell of a man. Exactly. Uh, well, so if. You started something in California. Your company's still going. You're here. Mm-hmm. What keeps you from doing that here? Republican shit. It's it's Tennessee. It's gas prices are low. Everything's low. Uh, uh, my buddy or our family friend, he uh, owns a dream hotel. Mm-hmm. And his house in Franklin, big ass house. I was like, what's your electricity bill? You know, 300 bucks a month. Fuck. In California, that would be four grand a month. Yeah. So that's more. That's more. And I looked. I looked around here, and most of it is solar and, con- and main commercial construction. On so top. it's not really going to be popping here unless yeah. it swings the other way, and they want to be more green, which I highly doubt it because everything's so cheap here. So you're you're saving the homeowners more money technically. Yeah. There. So we say we put a in California. My dad bids for a roof. A to gain solar is an asset. Solar is an investment. It's an asset. It's not the thing of the paycheck. It's going to appreciate your home value, and it's going to you have a lot of write-offs. Really? So is it, so it costs forty grand. Is this? But is this a California thing, or yeah. is this in America? This is a California. California is probably one of the biggest in my in our terms solar capital of the world. You know, if you build a commercial building in California right now, you have to have solar. You have to have solar, and you have to have a battery pack. And if you don't have those. You get charged, I think, over 30%, which is over a million dollars a year in taxes until you put it on. That's crazy. Or you have to pay a dividend. You have to pay a lot of shit for it. It's stupid. Every every building, apartment building, every house. This, this goes for apartment buildings too? Every apartment complex. Apartment complex has to offset their power of each unit. So it's it's roughly two kilowatts, which is wow, like eight panels. Nothing major. It's just a short amount of power to offset the crease. Mm-hmm. But wow. yeah, California's huge in solar. So it's like, why bring it out here when it's not that big? And everybody wants solar in California because their houses are so expensive. Yeah. So I I'm, I always try to stay after with, with solar. And that's how I, because of building uh, or working on commercial buildings and, and wanting to build my own portfolio of them, that's kind of how I know the California laws to it because I look all around the nation as far as. Like the property but, you just built, how much is that a month for uh, like electricity and stuff like that? Uh, I don't know. We we haven't we haven't. Uh, I mean, we just moved. Uh, there's we just moved in yesterday to to that particular property okay. until we. So I haven't even gotten a. But I, I'm going to. I'll be curious from, to see what that is. It's probably going to be about a hundred and fifty. I'm guessing. Bucks a month. Yeah, if that. See, like a warehouse, a warehouse. How big is a warehouse? Uh, four thousand square foot. Yeah, so our house is four thousand square feet, and it's roughly twenty two hundred bucks a month. Jesus. Yeah, well, our bill, our bill, our bill is zero because we have solar. Yeah. So, so I'm curious though because I think that, and and sometimes I'm back and forth on this is whether I should get involved in solar with with commercial buildings here, even because I think it's going to eventually come. Anybody can start a solar business. Anybody can start that company. It's the, one of the easiest companies to build. Yeah. It's to start, yes, but to maintain and to gain your reputation is one of the hardest because one bad job fucks you for life. Yeah, you can do you can do one offsetting job and it, it fucks you. So, so what what is considered a bad solar job? Is like pipes are not bent correctly. 
it's always having difficulties. The power bar is not really working correctly. You have to continually go out and fix it. And I'll, I mean, I'll tell you right now, I mean, we have friends that actually kind of started Solar City and then sold it off to Elon. And my dad, a couple of years now, has been more in the green than they have. Solar City is big for one thing. They're a big company. They go for the poor. You don't see a whole lot of Solar City in rich communities. It's Why always, so? it's because they take all of your tax credits, all of your assets, all the things that you want, that you will do your Jones's on, they won't, they will take. That way they get, they so get all the So the city takes it. They get the, so it's basically like a PPA. So like say, it's like churches and schools. I will charge you power, we'll ask the pg You're buying it from me. So I'm my own utility company and I'm gonna charge you 30 cents instead of their 50 cents. Really? Yeah. And now I get all the assets, so I get all the money involved into that. You wow. just pay me. Okay. So this bill. is this is your entire electricity. Like in other words, you're replacing electric for this one house or mm-hmm. property. Mm-hmm. And then you install the panel, you charge for the panel, and then you get paid. So we get paid. It's basically a construction job. You get paid to build it. So everything we do in my dad's company that he does is in-house from wiring to conduit bending to installing to installation everything is all in house because we believe if you don't do it right the first time if you sub it out you have a lot of shit to deal with a lot of bs a lot of contractors it's just a clusterfuck so we do everything in the house and that makes it more a lot harder to deal with because you have to find the right guys right you pay them a little bit more and then they then they kind of realize the incentive and then they kind of keep going but you build it basically you start off it depends on the roof you try down in the wall, you have big metal railings, you can slide it in, clamp it on, and just wire it on and you just pull the wires through. It takes about, so like we did a Rayleigh's job. I don't know if I'd be able to say this right now, but um, we did a Rayleigh's uh, grocery store. It's about 2,000 panels. It takes about 45 days. Wow. 2,000 panels. Are these panels over the entire roof then? Yeah. Um, I can show you photos after this. They're the entire roof. I mean, he's, he's building one right now for, uh, Stanislaus food products, they are huge. One building, I think, is going to be like 50,000 panels. Wow. That's insane. They do, are huge. Do you see a future where, where this is on every building in America? I want to say it will be incorporated in a lot a lot of things, like cars. It will be incorporated cars. A lot. I, think, I think the windows somehow are going to be with solar involved in it to tie it into the car. Um, I feel like our windows are have some solar things, technology into it. Especially um, high rises. Probably. Yep. A lot of high rises. So their bills will be astronomical, but in buildings and houses, I don't really know. I think it's more green states than anything. So what is your take? Is it actually greener? And, and I'm sure it is to some extent, but like when you look at, there's this, there's always this argument that, that green energy isn't actually green energy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when you're talking about you have, okay, well, we're replacing electricity maybe with uh, 100,000 windmills out west. Yeah, that's just, that's just, that's a lot of power. That's, you're doing something else with that. True. But like, is, is solar actually, so if, if you're, if you can actually replace an entire house with electricity. Yeah, so our, our bill goes to zero only because, and we, everything is from the sun. If the sun is not out, we don't make any power. So how does, Let's say, for instance, I've, I've wondered about this, and I don't know anything about this. Yep. But let's say, let's say you have an entire valley in Sacramento that has solar 
on like their, a three mile by two mile the, job. Yeah, yeah, on their roofs. This when the sun hits that, does that does that reflect back into the sky? Does it change no, our so core temperature? Best thing about solar panels is it, it's an absorbing technology. Okay, so it it, it, it when the sun hits it, it absorbs all of it. Really? So you put you put a plastic bag on there and it was basically melted in. No way. Yeah. Uh-uh. Wow. So cleaning these panels in a hundred degree heat on a white TPO roof. Now you're reflecting it back into the sky. And well, it's so it's reflecting back on you a little bit, but by cleaning them in hot water on a hot day, it's gonna be about two hundred degrees while you're cleaning it. So you're you're basically in a sauna. But now when it's over with and you wake up the next day, you see a fifteen percent increase. Increase. Increase in power. Because it's cleaner. Because it's cleaner. Because the light can shine in brighter. Whereas no dirt particles, it's like shade. It's like shade. Sun can't get in the shade. So when you clean it, it's a clear, closer flat surface. That's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. That's so interesting to me. I mean, dude, I had no idea we we're going to have a podcast talking about solar, but like, but I... Especially in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> right. But it's very interesting to me. I, I like to try to understand where it's smart as a business owner to try to understand these things and know and to think ahead instead of waiting till you're reacting mm-hmm. to someone else that's mm-hmm. now grabbed your idea or and ran with it. But like, but that's cool. That it, so of all the things that you've done, whether it's trade, tech, whatever, everything you're involved in now, what is the thing you most enjoy and why? Golf. I really? love golf. I think the most I, that's the most fun I ever had is playing golf. It's so, just, so it's just it just takes you away from it, everything. It's it's that it's that happy place that go to safe place that like you you have a shitty day and you want to spend five hours by yourself just to talk, reflect mm-hmm. on something or spend two hours on nine holes drinking a beer listening to music and just kind of be by yourself. The greatest way just to self reflect awesome. and enjoy every moment. And the views are stunning every time you play golf. Yeah. You play golf at four thirty o'clock in the afternoon. Sunset's coming in right when you're finishing. Just a beautiful scenery. You kind of reflect on life. So, as a twenty-three-year-old in the business world, what is your biggest advantage and what is your biggest disadvantage? Biggest advantage: I'm young, I'm hungry, willing to risk everything. Uh, most guys that are in the thirties or forties have families, and settling down and slowing down, they're not really willing to take that risk. Yeah, I'm willing to risk everything I have at every moment. That's probably my biggest advantage. I'm ready to to, to risk it all, and then. Big disadvantage. I'm 23, mm. and in in our day and age, if looking at 23 year old going to a business meeting, they're like, "Who the fuck are you?" Yeah, with a bunch of 45, 50 year old, 60 year olds thinking like, "You don't know shit about fuck," but you then you, when you show them, when you press them, then they're like, "Oh shit!" But the biggest problem is being young because you don't you don't take that they they take it for granted. They're like, "All right, you don't he's no no you don't know enough." Yeah, basically, they don't they don't think you knowing that I at 16. Slaved, dig ditches, and clean panels mine for eight months out of the year in 300 degree heat. They didn't know that. They just know I walked into a business meeting at 23. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So if if you were given the world stage and you had a few minutes to t- to say what you think the world needs to hear right now, what would you say? Don't let life get you down. Life is so happy. Like you'll all have fun, yes, but you're gonna have to sacrifice. You, if you really want to be an entrepreneur and you want to be this person, you're not going to have friends. Friends will find, friends will come to you, but you're going to sacrifice a lot of fucking shit. And I realized at 16, I started getting away from all my friends. I was like, 
I have no time to go out. I have no time to hang out. I can play golf a couple days a week, but that's about it. I was always working. Saturday, Saturday I was doing something else. Saturday I was cleaning, doing the dishes or going to clean up dog shit or trying to get my, basically do like normal household dad, dad things at 16 because that's all I'd move along, gardening, just do random things, work at four months with my grandpa doing construction. I've always done something because I mean, I've always wanted to make money. I've always wanted to be that self supplied person. That's my whole family's like that. So how do you stay, how do you stay happy within that? How do you find the, do, do you, that's the million dollar question is for everybody is how can you stay happy? For me, it's just being able, for me, it's golf. That's, that's my happiness is golf. So like when I have buddies come out and play golf with me, I'm a totally different person. The most calmest, coolest dude in the entire world because I have nothing to care about besides hitting a golf ball. But when I'm working, I'm the most strict, hard-ass motherfucker in that room. Either it's, it's going to get done or we're going to die trying. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it takes. It is what it takes. Do, do you feel like too many people um, – age is irrelevant here, but do you feel like too many people focus too much on the happiness part of life versus yeah. versus maybe maybe – like you said, sacrificing a little bit. Maybe it's maybe it is eating shit. Maybe it is that. Maybe it's eating top ramen for four months. Yeah, just top ramen or spam. And the next thing you know, you're can eat a fucking ribeye at steak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's important because I sometimes think that like being an entrepreneur or being uh, successful in whatever way you determine success as. Uh, for me, it's financial independence and being able to do and go wherever I want to go. Mm-hmm. And I, I've achieved that now. And I still don't slow down or quit any more than I did when I started. But I think that there's a there's a, a level of being willing to be, you know, I pull a lot of 16-hour days. And there at the end of the day, I feel fulfilled. I feel like, man, I've given today my all. I sleep oh, good. I you work know? my ass off. Yeah, you, but, walk, you walk, you sit down on your couch, right? Fuck. Yeah. But it's not, you don't feel like, oh my God, I'm so happy all no, the time. It's, it's like, fuck, all right, I, that was my yeah. day today. Yeah. But I, I think, I think you have to give up that, that I think there's a part of, of that, that hard work and the grit and the grind and that that's not always happy. And, and, and I feel like so many people get lost in the, I just have to be happy today. And then, but then how can you be happy when, when maybe you can't pay your rent that month or. You know, those stresses catch up with you. And I feel like 100%. a lot of people aren't willing to sacrifice. Sacrifice is something you talked a lot about. Why do you think so many people aren't willing to sacrifice that that thing? That, and maybe it's fucking lazy. My, I, I'll say this right now. My generation, my age, is fucking lazy. Do you think they're just trying to find an easy way out? Sugar daddies, trying to find somebody to pay the money, do something else, or work at a bar. Not really giving themselves goals and dreams and visions. I mean, there's probably a certain, there's a small percentage, maybe I'd say 10% of our generation that are actually like me, wanting to work their ass off and go fucking do something. But then you have the other things that just are happy living off 400 bucks a week. You're, you're exactly right. And, and so I, because, and I have, I've experienced this because we can't find help in your age bracket. No. Oh. Because they're either doing what you're doing, they're doing their own thing, mm-hmm. or they don't want to work. Or they don't, they don't care if they'll make two grand a week. And I'm going to tell everybody right now, it is the most easiest thing to make money. Go clean fucking gutters. You can charge a house $200 and you make 200 bucks in less than two hours. The problem is you have to go out and you have to set up a ladder and you have to actually be in the sun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> actually, you have to actually, hey, and it's a great fucking tan. 
you don't need a beast. You're making money and you're getting a tan. Or, or be a roofer. You'll be you'll be exactly tan. exactly. I'm, I'm always tan. I never lose my tan in the winter even because I'm so. My worried. golfer's tan is so bad right now. I'm gonna have a second sock. <laughs> so bad. Oh man! All right, brother. Well, I'm gonna try to get you out of here too. But if if you could ask any one person in the world, alive or dead, any one question, who would the person be, and what would the question be? John D. Rockefeller. No, what would you ask? What made you be the man you were today? Just that same simple question. Well, how? What? What made you become a a little guy to this fucking extreme billionaire, the bill, biggest billionaire in this entire world? How did you become that? Manhattan has a freaking place named after yeah, the Rockefeller like, like, town. How do you a get from rock. a nobody to a, pl- a rock plaque at Plaza. Rockefeller Plaza? How do you become that person? So let me twist that to you. Like, how do you? How did you become the person you are today? To understanding, uh, family it takes a lot of hard work, family and sacrifice, family. Yeah, one hundred percent family. Without family. And I'll tell you this right now, friends are friends, friends come and go. You have friends, you have best friends, friends that live and die for you. But at the end of the day, you have your family and the family will always have your back no matter what. What would you say to someone who doesn't have that close knit relationship with their family? How do they find it? How do, do you find, find that in friends? Do you find that in someone you, you could trust? find that in friends? I mean, you probably have a best friend that you lean on, help them and do right. not be afraid to talk to them about something. If something's bothering you, eating you up, talk to them. Yeah. Make sure make sure they know the full story. Yeah. Because then they can fully help you out. They're not going to leave you. They're going to talk to you and make sure you're doing okay and make sure, all right, you know what? This is a great goal. Go fucking do it. Yeah. My parents are like, dude, this is a great idea. My dad's like, fuck, what did I think of this? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, here, it's yours now. <laughs> dude, I, I, this is what I love about you, man. And I've sensed this in you from day one when we, when we're, uh, when we met, it's like, you're real, man. You keep it real. You're you're vulnerable. You're I'm you're, a very no bullshit, call it how you see it, right off the cusp, right over off the tongue person. Yeah. But but you're also you're also within that, you're caring, you care about yeah. people, you care 100%. about your friendships, you care about helping people, and you're willing to to share everything you know. And I just want to acknowledge you for that. I mean, you you've been out there, you busted your butt, you've made a name for yourself, you're 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 moving to Nashville. You haven't even been here what, six six five months. Five months now, yeah. And, and everywhere I go, people, I'm telling you, I run into you and everyone knows you. And and it's just a testament to who you are as a person and why people want you in their life and why I wanted you on yeah. the show. And I truly appreciate you being here. No, thank uh, you for having me. This is, I, if we could do this all day, I would do this all day. I I really, yeah, it's it's you and I might have to do some more too. Cause we, I am we, down. We, I'm always down. I really enjoyed this. How do people listening, how do they find you? How can they follow you? I got you? I got Instagram. I'm 23, so we all got Instagram. Uh, it's T-R-E underscore Hunter underscore 34. They'll follow me. I may post about all my buddies playing music. They're all they're great singers. Shout out to all my boys. But um, yeah, so there. I got TikTok, but who gives a shit about TikTok, honestly? <laughs> I watch it just for pure boredness. <laughs> we'll put we'll put like your Instagram stuff on the Perfect, show perfect. Cool, man. Hey, I appreciate you being here, taking your oh, time. Oh, hey, out thank you for having me. This has been a fucking unreal experience. I'm, I'm excited. Awesome. Thanks again for tuning in to The Ultimate Shift. Look, I know life is crazy. Life gets busy. And we all kind of have an idea of where we want to go and where we want to end up. But there's so many things that come up in between. And my goal with this show is to grab one thing 
from every guest that we can apply to our lives that help get us closer to our end goal. You can follow me on Instagram at Ephraim Glick, Facebook at Ephraim Glick, Twitter at Glick Ephraim, or you can go to the website at EphraimGlick.com. See you next time.